We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome to another edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts, Matt Fralick. Alongside me, the gentleman, the scholar, the man that doesn't know what a PC is. You had to look it up. You probably thought it was like politically correct or some acronym for a computer. Um, it is. For a computer, Eli. It's Eli Berkovitz. Eli, how are you? How was your holiday break, Ben? And uh, injury report, a little less this week. We go from 18 or 19 to 16, um, trending in the right direction, but still a whole lot of injuries to get to as we get ready for SNF in Minneapolis. Really, really nice injury report of only 16. What a gracious thing to see. No, uh, PC, like, I don't know what a PC, I, I had to see. I mean, it's pretty dumb that it just stands for personal computer. So just say computer. Not you. I'm saying the world. Like we don't need to break down the word computer and personal. If it wasn't a personal computer, what would it be? A public computer? That's not a thing. Could so be a private computer. Either um, way, just call it a computer or a laptop. Don't say PC because then you're going to have people like me wondering what is this guy talking about. So yeah, I imagine you're just going to add another person to your your beef list if that's a thing or your beef. Uh, threads or bookmarks or what look. have you. Uh, Bill Gates, you can add Bill Gates to it. So he's I think been on it for a long time. Don't I worry. figured? I figured he had. That's uh, just a, you, know, you can probably just push him to the little bit higher to the top now. So PC <laughs> yeah. does stand for personal computer. You know, fortunately for everyone, we're not talking about computers here. We're talking about the injury report. Let's dive into the defensive side, Eli. Um, as we know this week, Jair Alexander suspended for one game. You can make your qualms about that how you want via Twitter or any other social platform, but he is gone for one game. Brian Gutekunst ruled that. It was about two to three hours before Matt LaFleur had his press conference on Wednesday. And I felt a little bit bad for Matt LaFleur, but also I felt like he could handle it maybe a little bit better, but that might be the fan in me instead of the realist owner in me talking about how he handled it. But nonetheless, Jair out for his antics before the game in Carolina, his hometown, Charlotte, 
with the coin flip and potentially screwing up the Packers not getting the ball to start either half. And then, Eli, we look to the cornerback room, or specifically, I guess, overall the defensive room, but you look at the only corner that we have an injury for that's going to have to be making up the slack for Jay Alexander would be Robert Rochelle. Now, he's got a neck injury. He's been kind of on the injury report the last couple of weeks. He's limited all week with that neck, and he's questionable. And before I go any further, Eli, I definitely want to call this out. There's 16 guys in this injury report. Have we ever seen, and there's, I'm going to count real quick, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight players that were limited all week, every day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, eight out of the 16, that's half for you math people out there. And then there's even a couple guys that are limited for two days and then full participant. Like, have we ever seen where this many guys have been limited before? Do you recall this ever? I don't. This this amount, I mean, it's the Packers, so they their injury reports are always pretty unique, it seems like. But even for them, like when you have 16 guys, so it's already a massive list, and then you just see a bunch of LP, 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 limited practice, it is odd. And you would think, like I feel like a lot of teams – most of the time when we're doing this report, the opposing team has four or five designations and a ton of unspecified, which means they're not no longer they don't have an injury designation. We basically never have guys with no designation. Like I'm sure that they list guys questionable that they know on Friday, okay, he's playing. But we're gonna list what's questionable because I don't know. This is how we do it. But it's annoying and it's confusing. Very annoying, very confusing. This week, actually, there's a ton of guys banged up for the Vikings, which we'll get into a little bit later. But they have a ton of people in comparison to how you know other injury reports have gone when we've done these episodes. I'd say, I think it's just where we are in the season, right? Week 17, almost January. Uh, it's it's bad for all teams, and they're all injured. So uh, let's get you know back on track here, a little bit more into the defensive backfield. Like I said, no corners besides Robert Rochelle with a neck. He is questionable, but was limited all week. You go to the safety room. Jonathan Owens with a knee. He was limited all week. No designations. Darnell Savage's counterpart, who still has that nagging shoulder injury from the hit he put on Tommy DeVito a few weeks back. He is limited with that shoulder and questionable. Um, I'm not so sure we'll see him play this week. I'm really not confident that he'll be able to go, but there's an opportunity, I think, for him possibly to have some reps, but it's we haven't seen good film. And Eli, you had uh, you had talked earlier uh, before we started recording, like this is important reps for Savage right now. He needs to get these reps in to show either the Packers he should be able to come back on a different deal, or the other 31 teams that he should. Like, what? How significant is it for Darnold to rush back, or does it make sense to heal up and get ready for the offseason business decision type? If Darnold Savage maybe stayed healthy all year and played the way he played the first few weeks of the season, maybe he would start thinking about business decisions. But unfortunately, his overall look right now, you know, yes, he's played a bit better this year than he has the last year and a half, but it hasn't been great. And it definitely hasn't been consistent because he's been so hurt. So I think he should be playing at any opportunity he gets to, you know, get, even if it's just these last two games, hopefully there's more. But even if it's two, get two solid performances under your belt, show that you're healthy, show, you know, whatever team's looking at you, hey, I'm fine. I played the last two games. I played good. I'm good to go. Give me money. Definitely. Hopefully he can go. He's been, you know, having a better year than we, I think most people had thought. If he can go, great. If not, there'll be other guys to step up and continue to carry the water on that defensive side or whatever is left in that pail that seems to have multiple holes in it like a sieve. 
we go to the front seven, Eli, another gentleman, and we kind of messed this at the top of the show, just the distraction that was all week with Jair, Devondre Campbell, his wife, you know, tweeting some things out. And it's just like, it's been a distraction for a couple weeks with him. Um, but he has a neck injury still, as we know, he's DNP all week and he is doubtful. Uh, no chance in my mind he plays. So let's continue to move on, see what Isaiah McDuffie does. And let's also see what Quay Walker can do. He is injured with a shoulder injury and he's limited all week with no designation. Now I've liked what I've seen for the most part from Quay Walker this year, but I would like to see him be a little bit better in pass coverage. We'll see if that's maybe impacted by some of the injuries he's had. I know he's been battling with that shoulder. I'm sure he's had other ones that we've missed along the way, or at least I'm not remembering, but we'll see what he can do. I'm excited to see what he can bring, and I think he'll be an interesting piece to get after a inexperienced Vikings offense, truly, when you look at you know Chandler, uh, the new quarterback they're going to have under center, Jordan Addison, who's tweaked up, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But that's just interesting dynamic. And then uh, finally at the other linebacker spot or outside backer spot, Kinsley and Ibarri, number 55, with a toe, limited, full participant, full participant, no designation. Really excited to see what he looks like, Eli, this week because he's been a bright spot for you know short short amount of plays recently. I'd say he's popped up here and there. And I want to see him continue to grow as a potential rotational guy on the edge. And then finally, one of my favorite players the last month of football has been TJ Slayton. He's dealing with a knee and a foot, limited, DNP, limited, and then questionable. My uh, radar in my head goes off, Eli, because we've done this for a few years now, that a DNP middle of the week after you were limited, limited, a little bit concerning. But he did turn back on Friday coming back. Any of those players that I mentioned, Eli, that you think most impactful that you absolutely don't think will play uh, or no worries, like a Quay Walker, hey, he's battling that shoulder, or a TJ Slayton, like, he's a gritty dude, he's a guy in the trenches. Uh, is he going to be able to kind of play? What are, what are your thoughts on the, the rest of the defensive injury report? Yeah, I mean, I agree, Devondre Campbell, not going to play. I mean, whatever. It's a, I was gonna was thinking about, like, getting into it, but I really just don't want to. But it's very strange, that whole situation. Hopefully that gets resolved sooner than later. But Darnell Savage, as we just said, I think he definitely, if he – is close to good he's gonna get himself out there on the field he needs to and then slayton it is strange to see limited d not dnp then limited but i think at this point for slayton you know they're taking it kind of easy he plays you know the position he plays just gets so much contact but i think slayton will make it out there and i think that's a big part of the packers uh run defense and just overall front seven totally agree with you slayton's been really fun to watch recently stab a We'll see what happens. I think there's a lot of guys that are trying to play through some injuries, some guys that are just trying to get by and truly just maybe get through the end of the season healthy in one piece, albeit it is week 17. Most teams are banged up. And speaking of banged up, let's get to the offensive side. Once again, silver lining. Janelle's not here, Eli, but no Jordan Love in the injury report. That's great. It's amazing. It's nice to not see your quarterback, but that doesn't mean that the rest of his teammates on that offensive side of the ball are without injury. The main one, it seems to be the last two months of football in change. Maybe it's every other week. I don't really know. Christian Watson, hamstring, DNPL week. He is doubtful, similar to probably Devondre Campbell, based off their designation. I don't expect him to play. Eli, I asked you this before the show. Are we ever really going to see Christian Watson play a full season? Even if he doesn't play a full season, let's say it's a 75% or 80% of the games. Do we ever actually get to see him at his full capacity with just not getting continuity and possibly getting jumped in the depth chart with some of these young guys that have came on the last six weeks of the season? 
When you have a 365-day-a-year podcast, you need to have the energy and the health to be able to provide that content every single day of the year. When I'm not feeling the best, whether that be due to illness, gut health, or low energy, it's hard to focus and it's hard to be efficient with my work. Everything is just slower and everything becomes such a grind. That's why I started drinking AG1 daily. When I started drinking AG1, I could legitimately feel a difference in my energy and I noticed I was becoming sick far less often. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends because AG1 has a team of doctors and scientists and because it is formulated based on the latest science while maintaining their high quality standards. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This year, our family had a few different ways that we did gifts for the holidays. We did some traditional presents, we donated to a variety of charities, and we planned a fun trip for the entire family. Of course, I may have snuck a gift for myself in there during the process as well, but whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you still get to define how you give to yourself. A great way to do that is by giving yourself the gift of therapy. Therapy is powerful. It works and strives to make us the best versions of ourselves and work out the kinks of the everyday daily grind that can continue to beat us down. And during the holiday season, it's really easy to become unaligned with all the regular daily stress, plus the rigors and anxiety that come with the holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. My favorite part about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online, which makes things so incredibly convenient, and that it's flexible and can be suited to your own unique schedule. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I think, I think he definitely, when he's healthy, so let's say hopefully the beginning of next season, he's healthy, which then was not the case this year. He missed the first couple weeks of the season, but 
if he goes and he is ready week one next year, fully healthy, I would say in those situations where he comes in healthy for as long as he stays healthy, there's no reason to believe we won't see the Christian Watson we've seen when he's healthy, which is a wide receiver one pro bowl, incredible kind of wide receiver. But what I fear is that during every season when he, I don't want to say it, but almost inevitably has something tweak or pop up. I think from that moment on, it's just like going to be a waiting game and a, and a total like taking time bomb to where it just happens again and again and again. And it's, it's a major issue and it is concerning. And when you bring up the depth chart, I mean, it wouldn't totally shock me. Maybe not this, maybe not right now, but if we have another season of this, even if he plays 10 plus games, but another season with hamstring, like it would not surprise me if the Packers start looking to draft or acquire a, you know, wide receiver type, one type receiver, that body type, field stretcher kind of receiver. Because bottom line, even even as good as he is, you can't you can't rely on a guy that you know just unfortunately has repetitive hamstring issues, and it it sucks because I think his upside is we saw we saw what his upside is. We saw last year, we've seen it this year. He could be a top five receiver in the NFL, I think, easily if he was healthy. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, you know, hopefully next year he has to do something in the off season. I don't know what, but something. I have no idea what he needs to do, but it needs to. He needs to get the soft tissue injuries, like you mentioned. He's get the hamstrings. He does have some more significant ones, like concussion or the back. But man, sometimes it's like body control in the air. It's like he's putting a little bit more wear and tear than he needs to. You know, they have guys that are developing underneath him that maybe they don't need to go and get another number one or a guy that can supplement it. it can be a you know a compilation of dudes but that straight speed and that that body type like you mentioned is really really hard to duplicate and maybe they do have to go out and find someone like that whether it be in free agency or potentially in the draft in the next you know coming years depending on what watson does as far as the rest of receivers eli dontavian wicks we know he had that chest injury when he got um, hit over the middle for when he secured that touchdown um in the middle of the was it the third quarter fourth quarter um this last weekend and he's dnp all week he also is dealing with an ankle which sucks he's questionable i'm gonna lean on the side that he's actually gonna play on in this game i don't know why other than the fact that i just think he's kind of a gritty dude there's a lot of opportunities still to be had for that receiving core we already mentioned watson being out we know musgrave will be out still with his uh his kidney issue he's still doubtful more than likely at this point shutting him down for the rest of the season makes sense but to the receiver point i i think wicks is gonna give it a go that's just my guess because his other dude on the other side of the opposite side of the field or whatever number 11 rookie jane reed who's been an absolute darling this whole year love to see what he's done limited all week like we said one of those people that were limited for all three game or all three practices with a toe with a chest no designation. So I love, love where the receivers are at right now. Now, could it be better? Of course. There's three guys that are injured, but you still have Romeo Dobbs. You still have Bull Mountain getting in the mix. Maybe Malik Heath gets some reps. We'll see what the rest of the receivers do. But uh, I'm excited to see what the receivers can do. I know the defense for the Vikings is probably overachieved this year based off of what other people had thought, or at least earlier in the year I know they did. I know they're still battling a bunch of injuries in the secondary. They were, Eli, when we when the Packers played them earlier this year in week eight. They were banged up everywhere in the secondary. So we'll continue to monitor that. And then, like I already mentioned, Musgrave with the kidney issue. Tucker Craft still going absolutely bananas, jumping over people like he shouldn't be. I don't know. What's his deal, Eli? He's just spamming the triangle or the Y button. Like, what's what's your what's your guy up to, Craft? Why is he doing that all the time? Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, you're playing Madden, 
and for some reason you put something in your head and even when you know you shouldn't it's like like it was doing hit stick on defense you know it's like you got to stop doing hit stick because i miss every tackle but you just can't stop but tucker Craig, like it's great it's fun it's exciting but also relax like if you see an opportunity where you can do it like into the end zone or it's really it's one guy left and you're you're not gonna it just it doesn't make sense to do it on the sideline and then land three yards out of bounds in, in on your back or on your head or this that like do it if it's actually if you actually succeed you're gonna gain more yardage or if anything score a touchdown if not we don't need the high flying you know aerobics because we already have a tight end with a lacerated kidney. I don't know what can happen, you know, 10 feet in the air. So let's just calm it down a little bit. I mean, we know exactly what happened on Thursday. Your, your poll from Thursday, Eli, it'd either be Ben Sims or more presumably Josiah DeGuara stepping up at the tight end. So it'd be a huge W there for one of those guys to get in. But yeah, I don't know. Musgrave needs, or excuse me, not Musgrave. Kraft just needs to calm down. I don't know. He's just doing, he's doing the most out there and I don't need to see him injured because he's been awesome. I love the way he plays. Getting a little bit further from the receivers into the backfield and then specifically the, the offensive line, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, still banged up, still with the same issues they had last week going into the Carolina game. The thumb for Dylan limited all week, no designation. Aaron Jones still with a knee finger. Jones looked great this last week. I think he looked amazing. They probably could have ran him a little bit more. Um, I loved what he did on the field, and he's truly still a really, really impactful player. When healthy, do we get 12 games, 14 games from him? Albeit, he, is, he does contribute when he's out there. You absolutely love to see it from him. And the final, you know, there's another running back still, Emmanuel Wilson. We talked about him last week. Shoulder, full participant all week. He's doubtful. Just probably not going to get that designation within that window, I don't think. I think I think he still has another week to get in there. And then the final one would be Luke Tenuta. Ankle, full participant all week. He's doubtful. Similar coming off that injury designation. And before we wrap up to the uh, Elton Jenkins here, actually, I'll just run through Elton Jenkins. Shoulder, knee, DNP on Wednesday. Limited, limited, no designation. That's it for their entire injury report. Now, the one thing I do want to mention is that the Packers did hold a walkthrough on Wednesday. Participation reports, based off of Wednesday being the first one, are estimated because it's not open to the media. And we'll see. I, I don't think much had changed from those. Nothing too drastic. Like most DNPs were DNPs on Thursday. There was a couple here and there, like maybe you could make something about the TJ Slayton going from limited to DNP to limited. But outside of that, pretty solid. Um, I, I think it's pretty similar to the team, team we saw in Carolina, Eli. I don't see much difference. Um, and speaking of Tucker Craft, this just came back to me. It is Vikings week. I don't remember if you remember this guy, Eli, but uh, Jermaine Wiggins, big hurdle guy for the Vikings back in the day uh, for a tight end. So maybe Tucker Craft will pull his best. Uh, Jermaine Wiggins impersonation at U.S. Bank Stadium instead of being at the Metrodome, but Allah, there is the entire injury report for the Packers. Your takeaways, Eli, as we get over to the Viking side. My takeaways are there's too many names here, and the guys just need to stay healthy this week. So, number one, win, and then next week we can be talking about maybe eight guys. And, and I mean, obviously – it will still be 15 plus because everyone on this list they'll keep on the injury report because the Packers, once you're on the injury report, you never leave. It's like the Hotel California for the Packers. You go there and you stay there, but it's it's just getting excessive. Um, so stay healthy is my takeaway. Yeah, not as lovely as a place as Hotel California, that injury report. 
Let's get to the Minnesota Vikings. We'll start on the offense because the big things that happened this week, number one, I think Jordan Addison, he's a big-time player. He's kind of fallen off the last couple weeks from my observation with that ankle. DNP, limited, limited. Does he go? Does he play? I would assume yes because his counterpart also, Justin Jefferson's there. It makes you really think that this offense could absolutely throttle the Joe Barry defense and justifiably so, right? There's no reason you wouldn't think that if Addison can be as productive as he was earlier in the season. And if, if you can really just get, I mean, Jefferson to be back to 80%, 90%, he really hasn't been that since he's been brought back, but Jaron Hall getting the start this week uh, that goes after Josh Dobbs was sat down. Nick Mullins was sat down. Jaron Hall. Let's see what we get out of Jaron Hall. Some people are like, uh, Eli, Matt, who the hell is Jaron Hall? Jaron Hall, Drafted, excuse me, in 2023, fifth round pick, 100 pick 164, BYU, shout out the Cougars. We haven't seen him play yet. I'm not exactly sure what the hell we're going to get from this kid. Uh, any expectations? Eli, he's eight for 10 on the year, 47 yards. You get outside the pocket a little bit, four, four attempts, 10 rushes. What the hell do you think you're going to get from that offense if you're the if Justin Jefferson, if you're Jordan Addison, of course, we know Hawkinson tore his knee. What sort of weapons and what sort of you know chemistry would you be looking for early for Jaron Hall? Who are you trying to get the ball to if you were if you were to decide? I would probably throw it to whoever Joe Barry puts Preston Smith on, which will probably happen soon enough. But what would I expect out of Jaron Hall? Well, let's see. The last three quarterbacks to face Joe Barry's defense have had the best three games of their career. So I would expect Jaron Hall to look very much like Dan Marino drop about 275 to 300 yards, two or three touchdowns. The Packers might still somehow pull out a win, but I think the Vikings could have put Mike Zimmer out there, a quarterback, and he would have a pretty solid game himself. Zim putting on the shoulder pads, coming back to the squad. Okay, interesting. That would be a that'd be quite a take. I mean, truly, the bar is so low, but Joe Barry continues to fall short of where that bar is. I... <laughs> I don't have any expectations for them to be able to slowing down Jaron Hall. I just literally wrote down your stat prediction. You said 275 to 300 and two to three touchdowns. Is that what we're, we're rocking with here? Yeah. All right. We're going to stick with that. I'll write that down and let's see. We'll monitor it through the game on Sunday night football. And then the rest of the offense, uh, Alexander Madison, ankle, limited, limited, full participant, no designation. I think Tyson Chandler could be a guy that steps up or Ty Chandler steps up in this game. We'll see what he does. Another receiver. Not as notable, but uh, Jalen Naylor, concussion, DNPL week. He is out, so that's significant for them. It's really, like, they're not in a terrible spot, but it's just so young, right? Like, Addison's still banged up. Jefferson's coming back. But now you have the, all the chemistry that you have to figure out with Jaron Hall. They're probably not getting the same type of reps that Hall's getting as those top two receivers on this team. Interesting spot. Absolutely for the Vikings. I wonder how Kevin O'Connell schemes some stuff up. That's actually one of the things I'm most interested in, just how he can attack Joe Barry and that defense. And then getting to the defensive side, Eli, there's a lot more to chew on over here for the Vikings. They're absolutely tweaked up. Getting over the defensive side of the ball, Makai Blackman, shoulder illness, DNP on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, limited. He is questionable. His counterpart on the opposite side, number seven, Byron Murphy, knee DNP, 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 he's out. I think that's a huge thing for the Packers receiving core as they try to continue to get this young receivers and get these young players kind of 
with their feet under them. I think it's going to be an important piece that they need to really, really attack this defense and get after them early. And there's a great path to success doing that when there's been so many injuries at this defensive backfield for the Vikings. Another one, Theo Jackson, Toe, he is out for the game. He didn't practice all week. Another safety that's banged up for them. A few other guys here and there, more on the defensive front. Harrison Phillips, massive human being, back, limited, full participant, full participant, no status. Jaquan Roy, ankle, DNP, he is out, will not play in this game. Ivan Pace Jr., back to that linebacker spot. Shoulder, full participant all week. He should be absolutely good to go. Troy Dye, wrist, limited all week, questionable, but an absolute stud. Sheldon Day, ankle, limited all week, full participant Friday. He should be good to go. I did miss one person on the offense, and that would be Brian O'Neill, ankle. He was a full participant all week. I think that one's pretty impactful because he's one of, if I'm not mistaken, the starting right tackle. So that's a huge thing. I always seem to call out the Vikings offensive line, Eli. It's just kind of one of my characteristics, but they truly have been pretty damn solid this year from what I've understood. So fairly healthy for them on the offense. Pretty depleted on the defense every single phase from defensive line linebacker dbs so what do we expect i guess i always like to ask you you know you or janelle or whoever we're recording with like how do you expect the path to success for the packers is it going to come from the defensive side taking advantage you know some maybe these decisions that jaron hall's going to make being a young quarterback is it from the offense attacking them on a multiple levels um what are your thoughts kind of putting a game plan together if you're Matt LaFleur for the 720 game um, in Minneapolis. Definitely, definitely, definitely would not hope their path to victory is to the defense because that would be most likely a path to defeat. So I'm looking at the offense, and I think, number one, Aaron Jones. I mean, look, he guess, I guess he's as healthy as he's been all year. Use him and use him again and again and again and continue to use him. And then obviously sprinkle in, you know, Jordan Love isn't playing great, and you're, you're going to get Jaden Reed involved, get Dobbs involved, but it's got to be the offense. I think they're going to have to score, I think, at least 24 uh, to win. And Love, I mean, it's tough. Brian Flores has the defense playing really well. They blitz a ton, but I'm pretty from what I've seen, Love has actually been very good against the blitz, so hopefully he can take advantage of that a little bit. But, yeah, this can't – this can't be a rely on the defense to hold them to 13 points kind of night or it will not go well. I love that. I think it's absolutely on the offensive side. Like you mentioned, we can't trust Joe Barry at this point. There's no reason to think he can be able to stop anyone, especially Minnesota in Minneapolis on that turf. You look at even what Vegas has it at right now. It's Minnesota minus one and a half total being 43 and a half. I think that's probably a little low because based on what you're saying, Packers got to score 24. I don't see Minnesota being really slowed down all that much unless Jaron Hall makes a ton of mistakes, but Bryce Hall didn't make a ton. Baker Mayfield was actually perfect based off of passer rating. Why would that be any different with an offensive guy like Kevin O'Connell who can draw some things up? I would expect the over to hit absolutely in this game, but we'll see. It's a huge game, honestly. Like it's, do we see... The Packers take, you know, follow suit of some other teams that have started to maybe lean on the side of caution with some guys and sit them down. We saw Trevor Simeon get some reps on uh, Thursday Night Football. That's just one example that came to mind. But a ton of teams where they're like, hey, we can't really get anything else. We can see what we have as far as a prospect goes. Maybe we get some draft equity for them if we trade them put them on the open work and see what happens. But let's hope to continue to win. I would love for there to be a meaningful game of football in January for the Packers. That would be huge. But 
honestly, who knows? Who knows what happens when divisional matchups are like this? Especially, there's just so much unknown. You don't know what you're going to get at Jaron Hall. You don't know what this defense for the Packers is going to look like. You're pretty pessimistic about it. So am I. Why would we think? What would make us think that things would change? Like, there's been no change. If anything, it's it's more volatile than it was before. Jair's out because he's suspended. Devondre Campbell's more likely out. Those are two of your vets. Preston Smith has had issues coverage in the past. Um, the Packers lost the last game, obviously, 24-10 versus the Vikings in Lambeau Field on October 29th, week eight. So, Eli, that's all we have for the episode. Uh, let people know where they can get in contact with you, what content you're putting out these days. I've been seeing the pack up on the Twitter sphere a little bit more. Had some good guests recently. Let people know what guests you've had on, what are they can get all of your, uh, your content you're putting out these days around the Packers and the rest of the athletics. Uh, over at uh, The Pack on Twitter at the pack underscore show. We've had Aaron Agler on. We've had Dusty Evely. We've had, yeah, we've had some fun guests uh, over the last few weeks. Hopefully that will be more and then maybe even, you know, a playoff kind of preview show, which would be fun. Of course, you could find my Twitter at uh, Book of Eli underscore NFL, where you'll find all my other work. And uh, over at Pack Report, uh, where I'll do my writing. And yeah, but really, uh, all of it will be will find its way to Twitter, so head over there. Before I plug myself, it's important to always give props to the entire Packaday podcast team. Almost putting a ball in an entire year, regular season. We've crushed it again. Guys, it's been awesome. Had a lot of great content. Andy, of course, has continued to push us to new heights with the YouTube side of things. If you haven't checked that out, great thing to do through your weekend is to catch up on some of those. He's had some great guests on recently. One of the ones I like the most is when he's got Mike Wall, and I believe it's on Wednesdays. Mike will come on, former offensive lineman for the Packers. So go check out Packaday Podcast on YouTube. Digest the video side of Andy Herman. Also, of course, if you haven't already subscribed to where you're listening to this podcast, whether it be Apple Music, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, etc., please do so. I did see a comment last week, Eli, and this was interesting. It was just actually in the on Twitter uh, in the mentions of at Packaday Podcast. Someone was talking about a different service that they had, a podcast platform that we don't upload to, and it's because they're international. And if you are one of those people that sees our tweets, maybe sees YouTube, because that's obviously mostly international i think it's blocked in some countries we'll don't get into that but if there is a platform that we're not on you guys would want to be on there please absolutely go ahead and let us know we would love to make sure that you'll be able to listen to the podcast as easy as possible so we appreciate that tweet um and like i said go check out at packaday podcast for all of our tweets all the recent episodes kind of curated for um, your indulgence with all of our uh, our takes for everyone that puts out content here um, for Packaday Podcast. For myself, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. New Year's Eve game, Eli. 7-20. How does it end? Do we pop champagne after the game, after we win, and then kind of just parlay that into 2024? Do we sulk in the corner and just sip on our champagne and pass up before midnight? I don't know. But the only way I'll absolutely know is if the Packers win this game. It'll kind of determine how I feel, and we'll see how volatile it gets as we get into you know January 1st and those New Year's resolutions, which will probably start a day later for most of us. But for Eli Berkovitz, I am Matt Freilich. You guys take care. Be well. Stay safe. And as always, go, go Pack Go. go.